Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. You're listening to Ride at Home with Rich. And now, here's your host, Rich Orris. Welcome, folks, to another exciting episode of Ride at Home with Rich. I'm your host, Rich Orris, and today we're truly, we're diving into a truly wild show for you. We've got a very special guest today from uh, from Holper's Pest and Animal Solutions. We have a wildlife biologist with us today. So this is going to be a super exciting, different type of conversation. We can really get into the wildlife management. So he's a man who knows how to keep those critters out of your home and away from your precious gardens. Plus, you don't want to forget my On the Road with Rich segment and my hack every week. You do not want to miss out on that for sure. But, you know, really, we're about to uncover some of the secrets of keeping our home critters free from our homes. Uh, So stay tuned, folks, because we're about to get right at home with our expert guest, Jeff Barrett. Jeff, is it's fantastic to have you here today. How are you doing today? Doing great, Rich. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, I love to start out with, um, you know, kind of your background. Um, if you can just kind of tell everybody, you know, your journey, um, how you got to the pest and animal control world. Okay. Um, well, it started when I was a kid. I just, I enjoyed the outdoors. My grandfather and father got me into that way, way long ago. Um, got my first set of traps back in 1977 and I've been yeah. trapping to, from then to this day, um, nonstop. Um, as I got into high school, um, kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do in college. I wanted to be a game warden, basically wildlife oh, biologist, yeah. game warden. I started out as a game warden and kind of switched to the biology. So I, I, uh, after that, I, I ended up going to college, uh, got my degree uh, from there. I got a wildlife degree and a biology degree. I had to double major. So after that, kind of moved on in, uh, worked for Oklahoma a little bit here and there part-time, worked for Arkansas. Back then, it was hard to find a, a good niche to fall into. So yeah. you just had to work a lot of part-time. So I did part-time Arkansas, part-time Missouri. After that, I got out, and then uh, my dad knew a guy that did a little dabbling in termites. So I got got with him there for a while. Um summertime work things like that part-time yeah. and then that's how i kind of learned about termites that was back in the early 80s when chloridane was still still around late yeah, 80s. yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was uh, it was interesting so um yeah from there just uh, grew and I, like i said went to college and kind of took a break away from it for a little bit trying to figure it out i was a young man back then trying to figure out which way sure. i was going to go and then finally um 
one of my best friends, uh, dad had a pest control company and I landed there and my journey started there and I've just started moving up the ladder. So that's really awesome. And really, I guess my biggest question would be, you know, what does being a wildlife biologist, you know, and certified, you know, pest management professional, what does that really entail? Well, on the biology side of it, um, you know, just, just knowing the life cycles and the, you know, the anatomy of the insects and wildlife and, and things like really helps me in my career. Um, you know, I get to a home, someone asks me a question, you know, I can fire off an instant answer, which that's what they're looking for. You know, they're, yeah, they're usually worried or scared or, you know, um, so <clears throat> oh, yeah, just, for just, sure. just to comfort them. Um, the background in the biology helps me with that. Um, on the pest management side and my license, um, you know, just, just being, well, we have to be certified. So, um, yeah. back, you know, in the day I took the test as soon as I got out of college, I've had, I had those tests for years. And so every tech has to be certified. So, um, it just helps us guide, guides us with the wildlife and the fisheries. And it also guides me with the, uh, the pest control management part of it. So, yeah, that's awesome. So you really have a, a, probably a better understanding than most on the animals and what they do and how they live and what they're after and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the life cycles, the habitat, uh, what, what their needs are and things like that are, are very, very important. So, yes. Okay. So looking at the company, so like what at Halpers, what, what kind of services, what are all the services that you guys offer? Well, we're a full service. So, I mean, anything that you would need for wildlife or pest control, um, whether it be ticks, mosquitoes, I mean, we do coyotes, we do beaver. I mean, we just, we do everything. So um, we're basically just a one-stop shop. If you need something, we we can take care of it for you. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So um, location-wise, area-wise, where's like locations yeah. and, and what areas do you okay. cover? Okay, of course, our base is in St. Louis area. Um, we also venture out into Illinois, Metro East. Okay. Um, we go out towards Warrington area, Warren County, St. Charles County, Warren County, across to Franklin uh, down toward Jefferson, Festus, and, you know, back around that way, just a, basically just a big rectangle. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. And so, you know, talking about the termites, I wanted to get into to my on the road with Rich a little bit here, and I was going to do, you know, basically my story, um, because you guys actually, you were at my house last Friday, um, treating for termites for me. Um, and, you know, finding termites, I mean, talk about a shocking thing as a homeowner that, you know, I've, I've worked on all these homes. I've worked on homes with termites. I've found termites at homes. I've fixed the the damage they've done, but until you see it at your house and you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) like it it really hits you. Um, And I actually ended up, you know, tearing some stuff out um, that, you know, I guess my OCD got, got ahead of me a little bit and, (laughs) You know, you were like, you, you know, you really didn't have to do that. And, and this would have taken care of it. And I was like, you know, I, I I understood and knew that. But also being me, I was able to go, I'll tear this garage wall down before you do. I can rebuild it. You know, <laughs> I'm good for this. So but going through and, you know, figuring that out. And then when you came out and talked about, you know, the process and you know, how I probably got ahead of myself a little bit and, um, you know, sprayed some topical stuff to, to kill them and get them off the area. And what was actually really interesting and how you were explaining that, you know, well, that's kind of the stuff that just drives them to your neighbors or just drives them out of the area immediately. That's not the real treatment. 
Um, and we started finding their tunnels just coming up out of the rocks, coming up out of the, a crack in the middle of the garage floor, just like two, three inches high into the air, going to nowhere. They were like, really? It was that I'd never seen before. That was, that was you know, really interesting to me. Um, but then when you guys came out, you know, I cleared everything for you and, you know, got everything ready around the garages and that. And when you came out, the other thing I was extremely surprised to see was, you know, Richard, the owner, actually there with you doing things, learning, you know, talk about a hands-on wannabe good owner here that wants to understand and know and learn. I was very surprised, you know, and, and satisfied to see that. I thought it was great. Um, but so you guys really stepped in and, and, and helped me out with that and everything. Can you kind of just touch on, you know, that termite treatment, what it entails and, and how you do it and sure. all of that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh Rich, Rich's home had several shelter tubes coming up in the garage on the exterior wall. So um, in a situation like that, we just we do a liquid treatment. Um, the termite bait system would not work in that situation. So we do a liquid treatment with Termidor HE. Uh, it's a great product. Uh, Termidor HE can move through the soil, not only um, with the termites, but it also, um, the way it's constructed, once, it, once the water dissipates away, the active locks into the soil and just remains there and we guarantee that for up to 10 years so it's, it's a very good product uh, the process of uh, termites any time concrete touches a foundation or the footing it has to be drilled out so uh, yeah and i i know we had an overwhelming amount of holes at your house we probably drilled what 300 or so probably oh yeah so i know you were kind too of, much concrete I, yeah i know <laughs> yeah so i know you're a little disappointed in all the holes we had to drill but to do the job properly, we had to do that. So, um, so basically, we drill out the concrete. We actually inject the termiticide underneath the concrete, and then the soil is then rotted, trenched, and then rotted. So you trench it first. That contains yeah. the runoff, and then we rod the soil, and then we throw the backfill back in and retreat the backfill. So, kind of getting a double treatment on that wall. So, okay, so um, you're digging that trench. Digging, so you can get it down a little bit lower so it doesn't just run off with the next we, rain or yes, whatever. Well, that's that, but we're also contained. So as we're as we're rotting, we don't want anything off target. So okay. we keep that chemical contained. And then once it soaks in, then we backfill and then go back over and treat it again on top. Treat that last two to three inches. So that gives you a continuous barrier around your home. So. Yeah, and so to for everybody to kind of understand is like um, – inside and outside of the garage you know is so moving everything in the garage and i actually um i had a client um it was earlier this year um or it was either the end of last year or earlier this year you guys treated his house for termites and 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 um he had he has a two-car garage connected to the house that you know years ago we made deeper for him and then he has another three-car garage that we built a detached two-car garage. And then a few years after that, we added a third bay to it. So he had a lot of foundation in that, you know, three-car garage because it was built at two separate stages. Um, and, and we actually were performing some work out there. And you guys came in to do his termite damage. And he's a car buff. He's got a car lift in one garage. And, you know, so he had us move I mean, we were moving like engine blocks and just like some serious, you know, all his tools and racks and we had to shift the car lift. I mean, so to get you guys that access 
you know, around the inside of the garage. And, and I remember, you know, when we were, when I was going over it with him, um, you know, what we have to move and everything, I'm like, boy, that interior wall, you know, that, I guess that's really important. And then talking to you guys, and, and then when you were at my house and you were like, you know, I remember contemplating the front porch. Well, it's got a foundation, so maybe if we go in sideways and we tried to think of all these different things and, and finally, you know, kind of like the same as his with that interior foundation, you're like, do you ever want to look back at this again? Do you want to make sure it's taken care of? Then we should just drill through your porch and make this thing right, and so you'll never have termites again. And I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense, you know. And so there is some work there to get prepared and, you know, get everything out of the way and trenching and all the stuff. I, I, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised. And the other thing that I would tell everybody that I really liked um, about the experience with you guys was the end of it. So basically, you know, email came, invoice stuff's attached. I click on a thing. I go right in. I paid it right there online. Did a little, did a little, you know, shout out for you guys, you know, on Google and stuff like that. You, you guys made that so easy. And then having the next inspection already on there. So I'm paid and good. And you're going to tell me when you're coming like next September 24th. I think that it just makes it so good and easy. And and that's what, you know, so many people are, are looking for today and in, in how you finish and pay and, you know, get reviews out real easy and, and know that because that was one of the things I I asked Richard about, you know, the owner when we were talking about getting it done. And I'm like, yeah, my biggest thing is like remembering to call you next year. And he's like, nope, we're going to call you. And it was all set up in there. And I think that is just absolutely fabulous. Um, so how can people find information about you, website? How can they get you out, phone numbers, stuff like that? Yeah, um, you can call the office. Um, we have uh, the girls at the office are great. Um, they're, they're trained. They know what they're talking about. Um, the number there is 314-544-7378. Or um, you can go to our website at holperspest.com and uh, get that link and go from there. Um once it goes to the office, the girls will, will kind of walk you through just preliminaries, and then uh, yeah. then they'll put you with the right tech and uh, get it taken care of for you. Yeah, that that is absolutely awesome. And I want to remind everybody too. You know, we don't do this stuff here at Mosby, but you know, like I was talking about with my my longtime lifelong client, we've been working for him for probably over twenty years. You know, trusting Mosby to do every step, even to just move things around his garage. You know, to make space. We can do anything that you guys need residentially out there as far as remodeling and, you know, kitchens, baths, exteriors, doors, windows, siding. You know, we have our own crews. We have our own people. Again, you can get to us and find us. You can, you know, go to our, our website, callmosby.com. You can give us a shout on the phone, 314-909-1800. Or you can walk into our uh, Kirkwood studio, it's at 115 West Argonne in the heart of Kirkwood, 63122. Just a nice room area. Um, we have some meetings and do some presentations there. You can walk in, meet with somebody and just have a nice person to person, you know, conversation off the cuff. You don't need an appointment just during business hours. 
it's awesome. It's a great way to see what's going on and get some good information and have a good person-to-person conversation with everybody. So I think that is a really good way to meet up with us and get to it. So we're going to get into our first break here, Jeff, but I love it. And we're going to get to my hack and back to most of this when we return. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And now here's Rich's right at home hack. All right, everybody. You heard the man time for Rich's right at home hack. And, you know, I got a little tip here for you to how to stop your bathroom mirror from steaming up. Super simple. Basically, clean your mirror with shaving cream. Yeah, the just spray the shaving foam directly onto the mirror surface. Wipe it clean with a soft towel or a microfiber cloth will work. And in this simple trick, it's it just makes an effective barrier against the steam from settling on that mirror's surface. So kind of like homemade Rain-X works awesomely. So, hey... Want to keep it super simple and easy for you? If you want to hear this hack or any hack, remember, you can go back in my social media, Facebook or LinkedIn. You can find all of these hacks every week. Just search Rich Oris with Mosby after it. Take you right to all my stuff. And today we are sitting here having a great conversation with uh, Jeff Barrett from Holper's Pest and Animal Control. And, you know, they sponsor the show now and, and, um, I want to call that out for sure, but I also want to talk more about this whole, you know, wildlife biologist and, you know, the things that you guys do and, and take care of and everything. I thought maybe we could just kind of start, Jeff, and just go through the different types of wildlife that that you encounter or that homeowners encounter um, and, uh you know, just thought maybe we'd go through each little animal and just talk about like what's going on, what happens, how do you take care of them, stuff like that. And I thought we'd start with, you know, a huge one for St. Louis squirrels. Um, and, and I do have a, a, a little funny squirrel story of my own for you because, um, 
you know, these things get into your house. It's they they will find their way in your attic, your basement, you know, things like that. And, and I was actually looking at a house with a homeowner. Um, it was the parents house and, and the son was there and, and the parents had passed away. And so he's looking at the house kind of going, should I fix it up and sell it? Should I move into it? He's got all these decisions to make. And you know, so we're walking around looking at the house together. We go down in the basement and as we're walking through the basement and kind of talking about how to clean it up and what to do, we kind of kept hearing this noise, but like it by the ductwork. And I got a really bright, you know, LED flashlight and I, I, I'm following the ductwork, listening to this noise. And when I get right at the end of the foundation wall, you see the two little beady red eyes and this squirrel is like poking its head out from behind the ductwork where the trunk ends like, you know, a few inches from the foundation wall. And, and it, I'm looking at it. I got the flashlight on. It's looking at me. And this little thing, I thought, okay, it's going to just like go away. It's going to hide. It's going to, no, absolutely not. It ran down that foundation wall and took a beeline straight at us. It was like, I thought it was going to attack one of us. And, you know, we must have looked like some, six-year-old schoolgirls like running from this thing. <laughs> I mean, it's going like a million miles an hour. If you've ever seen a Greyhound, I think these things are three times faster than one of them. It was quite hilarious. And then it just like ran off and kind of disappeared in all the stuff. And the homeowner was like, yeah, let's go upstairs and close the basement door and I'll call somebody for that. I'm like, yeah, you're going to want to get with Hulpers. They're going to be able to take care of this for you. But it was it was absolutely it, it was kind of frightening, but hilarious, you know, that and why that thing came at us like that. But what do you see, you know, trying to take care of and how do you take care of squirrels for people? Um, well, taking care of squirrels, it starts with a good inspection right off the bat. So when you call us, we come out and do a thorough inspection of your building. We're looking for, or home, we're looking for entry points, um, looking for how we can keep those guys out. Um, once we find the entry point, um, we typically set a cage trap in that location. We start with cage traps, um, humane way to trap. Um, we, we typically run the jobs for about a month or so, and then uh, when we close up the hole. I mean, it's that simple. There's nothing to it. So um, squirrels, um, it comes in cycles. So squirrels start breeding in December, late December. Mm -hmm. um, so typically, you know, the young young ones are born, starting to be born in February, March, April. They can have two litters a year. So, you you know, and it's uh, they can have four to six. Wow. So, yeah. uh, you know, we can get into a, a real crazy situation in a hurry. Um, so if you do have squirrels, you definitely want to get them out of the attic because they do damage insulation. Uh, they're continuously gnawing. They're not on your two-by-fours. They're gnawing on your wiring up yeah. there. So that's that's a big thing. So you really, really need to get those out of there as soon as possible. So squirrels, um, they're they're not really entering right now. But once we get that next big cold snap, you'll see a push. Um, there'll be a few enter. I've had a couple of chimney inspections this week. They're cutting branches and dragging them down in there. So the days are shortening. They know. Oh, yeah. They they're know. Annoying. They know those days are coming. So they're kind of prepping right now. But you'll see a you'll see a push here soon when it gets cold again. So. Um, and you know, there's no babies this time of year. I had a guy call me last week and said he had babies up there. There's, there's no young ones right now. So you will have some juveniles trying to figure out what they're going to do. But, uh, other than yeah. That, yeah, they're, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I was telling Rich earlier, um, you know, this time of year, about a month ago, you got, you know, you got juvenile raccoons, you got juvenile squirrels and juvenile bats. Um, 
they're displaced. They don't. They're trying to figure out what to do. They're like teenagers. They're just. They're stuck yeah. everywhere. They're getting into things they shouldn't be, and that's when our calls are kind of. We have an uptick on calls, especially on the raccoon and squirrel side, and the bats too. The bats were a little bit late this year, but they hit hard here just recently. So, uh, but that's that's what we run into with those guys. So, um, yeah, and then raccoons um, also this time of year they will sometimes they'll break in if it gets super super cold. Um, they like a warm spot to sleep. They they love to get in above your shower or. Places like that, that shower is generating a little heat in that bathroom. You'll see them set oh, yeah. up a little nest in there and possibly sleep over the top of your shower and your ceiling, which uh, people don't like to hear that, but uh, that's we see that a lot. So uh, Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So you know and, it's right over you when you're showering? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> people, call them. Squirrels Get also. out of there. Um, funny, <laughs> funny story about a shower. One time a guy called me and said there was a squirrel. He was taking a shower, and the squirrels, it was in February, the squirrels were just above him. They chewed through his shower. And actually fell in the shower, oh, and so gosh. he locked them in the bathroom, and we ended up capturing them when we got there. They were still in there because they couldn't climb back up the shower walls; it's too slick. So, and we got them. There was two of them while he was taking a shower. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, so that's a true story. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So yeah. bats, you know, that's yeah. an interesting one because I. I don't know the information, but I, I've heard a lot and I know there's a lot of like regulations and, you know, you don't just get to like pull the pin on the grenade and toss it up in the attic and blow them all away right. or whatever. So, you know, personally, I wish you could, but that's just me. You know, I'm like, I, I guess they're more important than I understand to the world. But um, so what what happens with bats and what are some of those rules you got to abide by? Yeah. Well, first of all, just real quick with bats. Bats are very, very beneficial. Um, a typical bat can eat up to four to five thousand mosquito sized bugs a night. So you take that, you know, if we if you have we got several million bats here in the state, you can think about all the flying insects that are getting devoured. So bats are very important. So. Um, we have to protect those. So some of the rules that we have to follow, um, bats breed this time of year into early winter. So mm-hmm. that female will carry that sperm over through the winter. Um, typically about, usually about March or April, she'll drop it in the chamber and become pregnant. So a lot of people don't know that. Oh, wow, yeah. Now, some of the bats that don't become pregnant um, on the first round, they will breed again in the spring. Sometimes it just depends on the factors there. So, yeah, that's uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people don't know that. You know, people think bats breed in the spring, but they actually breed now into early winter. So, and then she carries that over. So, it's, it's kind of a neat fact about bats. So, um, bats, uh, which way do you want to go with this? Rich? So, how do we get rid of the rid bats? Of, so, if bats, you okay. get them in your attic, you know, you can't mm-hmm. just kill them. You can't just, you know, so, so how do you make them go away and then guarantee they don't come back? So um, on bats, um, we can't touch bats from mid-April through mid-August um, due to the fact they have pups. Uh, so we have to protect those. So the maternity wards, which all, where all the pups are born, um, those are all females and just pups. The males have their own separate chamber where they'll go off and be in a hollow tree or another building. So they're, oh, okay. so they're separate at that time of year. So typically, like I said, we have to wait from uh, August 15th. We can begin to come in and start we can do our inspections before that, but once we kind of come up with a plan. So as we're coming in, uh, we're, we're looking for entry points. Um, uh, the way to find a bad entry point is a lot of times it's got rub marks on it where they're going in. They only need three eighths of an inch, so that's wow. that's not much of a crack. So yeah, sometimes, that's small. 
And I got a really good story I'll tell you later about one time I couldn't find the entry point, so I had to get in an attic with over five, 600 bats. So, and I'll, yeah. Oh, my I'll, God. I'll touch base on that here shortly. So, <laughs> anyway, so, um, so yeah, so we, we just, once we find the entry point, um, we put we install a bat chute, and basically it's just a, it's a one-way funnel. The bats go out, but they can't come back in. We put it at a slight yeah. angle, and they, it's, it's real slick, milled plastic, and they can't crawl back up in it. So, it's... Uh, that's the easiest, most humane way. We don't kill them. We don't, you know, we don't disturb them. We just shoot them out. They have to find a new home. So, and typically, you know, bats uh, they'll have a winter roost. So if you kick them out, you know, late August into first of October, they're going to be going to their winter roost. Some migrate, some go to caves, but they don't. Typically, they don't stay in attics throughout the winter. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah, a lot of times they'll exit that attic, especially the, it's, if it's a maternity ward. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be gone. So most of the time. And the males are apparently a lot smarter than we are because <laughs> they're not around for the whole birth and oh, little babies. <laughs> like, I wish I could have just got right. to disappear, go to Hollow no, Tree for about nine months, right? During all that would have been nice, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, so they're they're more intelligent than we yeah. think. <laughs> So, yeah, so so once the uh, bats are evicted out of the attic, then we come back and, and do, we like to do a close-up. And, you know, if you don't close it up, you're going to have them again because they're there for a reason. Bat, you know, bats need, just like everything else, harborage areas. They need water within a quarter of a mile. They need an open area to feed. Um, the feeding part of it is huge, the insects. Like I said, they can they can eat several thousand insects, one bat can per night. So, wow. yeah, bats are very, very beneficial. And so then once they're gone, will you guys go in and, like, clean everything up out of the attic? And yes, you've got we, your insulation that's Yes, we can. Yeah, the guano is. all that? Yeah, the guano can definitely needs to be cleaned up. So what, yeah. typically on something like that, we go in and extract the guano out. Uh, we come back in with a product that disinfects. Um, it kills all viruses, bacteria, or anything that would be in there. And then we just come back in with the new insulation. Absolutely. So I got to tell you, I'm glad I know you to go into that attic with like 5,000 bats because there's no chance you're going to find me up there whatsoever. <laughs> so one more time, can you just tell everybody like website, phone number, stuff like that? You if bet. they have these problems, how can they get a hold yep. of you guys? Yep. You can uh, reach us on the website is uh, holperspest.com and the phone number is 314-544-7378. Awesome. Hey, call them for your bats. Do not call Mosby, 314-909-1800. We'll, we'll remodel. I'll tear your roof down and rebuild it, but I'm not going up there for your bats. We'll let, <laughs> we'll let Jeff take care of that for us. So, hey, we're going to get into our final break, and we'll get back into some of this. I want to talk about snakes in the next segment, too. We'll be right back. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Right at Home with Rich. And now, here's your host, Rich Horace. All right, everybody. We are back. Final segment. Having an awesome conversation here with Jeff Barrett, wildlife biologist from Holper's Pest and Animal Solutions. And boy, I, I love this uh, wildlife, you know, conversation. There is some really good, funny stories. There is, you know, 
a lot happening with this. If, if you're just tuning in, you missed all the bat stuff, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. Some great conversation last segment about that. But uh, Jeff, I wanted to get into, you know, snakes and like, you know, people are like terrified of snakes, um, kind of like the bats. They have some good, you know, you don't want to just, you know, kill them or, you know, all that. Um, and, and I had a client years ago um, that she had, she was in a townhouse. It was actually, she had neighbors connected to her on both sides and she had snakes in her townhouse and she would, you know, catch on little sticky traps. These look like kind of like big night crawler worms, like little baby snakes. Um, and she tried to figure out for the longest time, like where they were coming from and, and you know, where's the mom that's been living there. And um, we actually at one point. We, we remodeled the bathroom in her basement and part reason was she wanted to have the bathroom remodeled, but the incentive was, you know, in a basement, you've got this big open drain, you know, concrete around the shower drain. You've got like an eight inch opening in the concrete and a two inch pipe. So we kind of sealed that up because she was getting a lot of them around that basement area. And we thought, well, maybe if it's under the floor and a lot of so we tried that and crazy stuff trying to get rid of all this um, that that we did and people looking at it tried and, you know, sealing up from the outside. So can you just kind of touch on snakes? Like, what do they do? Why do they do it? And, and how can you try and help get rid of snakes? Well, snakes, uh, first of all, on the outside of a home, most people, you know, they have a lot of clutter. They have, they don't they have just a lot of brush and overgrown landscapes. Keeping that yeah. man, keeping the outside manicured and cleaned up—that's huge. You know, those harbor areas keep those not only for snakes for rodents too. Yeah, so that that that's the first step is just making sure your outside's cleaned up. And then again, um, you know, you touch a little bit on, on making sure it's closed up. Just go around, do a thorough inspection, and make sure every inlet, pipe inlet, AC line, everything's closed. Even your where your siding meets your foundation. The snake you're referring to is a ring neck. I mean, you know, like you said, they're about the size of a nightcrawler earthworm. They, yeah. can, they can drop, come underneath the door thresholds, check those. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of different places they can come in and out. So they're, they're, they love concrete. They're always up underneath concrete. Now, this here in the last couple of weeks, we've been getting quite a few calls on juvenile black rat snakes in a home. Um, I've yeah. got two calls yesterday on those guys and one the previous week. So. Again, just like anything else, those juveniles, they're just they're trying to find a place to overwinter. The days are shortening, and they're looking for those entry points to get in those homes. You know, um, But you just need to make sure it's sealed up. That's a huge thing. Um, so once you've got your outside cleaned up, there's really not much you can do on the inside to, to yeah. repel snakes. I mean, you just, just tighten up the outside. Um, now, if you do get snakes, we do, you know, we do have a snake program. Um, we got a great guy that knows his stuff at Holpers about rodents and snakes and everything yeah. else too. So he's he's really good on reptiles. So um, we've got a series. We can place snake traps out, trap the snakes, remove them, um, catch them by hand if we can find them. Uh, so that's that's how we would approach that. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I've also heard you know um, people say um, over the years that like. 
if you have a snake, then you probably need to get rid of the mice out of your house. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that how true is that? And that, it depends on what type of snake it is. But mm-hmm. if a garter snake, probably not so much. But if you're seeing black rat snakes and things like that, yes, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. The rodent the rodent stations that we have around structures uh, those maintain the mice, and then in fact, it helps with the snake control too. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you were saying, you, you do you have a good, what's your best snake story? Snake story? So I got a call a few years ago. I was in a crawl space where I had to physically take the door off and I could, you know, I'm 240 pounds, so I could barely fit through the opening. When I went <laughs> through the opening, I had to slide down the chamber. It's an old coal chute. So I slid down in looking for a dead cat. Okay. I got okay. up underneath there and died. So I found the cat. I bagged it up, and as I'm crawling out, I'm crawling back up the 45-degree angle to go out. I look to my left, and there's a copperhead about six inches from my eye. Oh, man. Curled up, cocked, and ready. So I didn't, you know, I didn't want to move because, they, you know, if you move, you're yeah. going to get struck. So I looked around. Of course, it's an old crawl space. There was a stick right here to my right or my left. I'm sorry. So I reached out, grabbed it, and I just whacked it in the head and killed it. So, um Oh and that's honest. God. I mean, that it scared. I didn't know what to do. But yeah, yeah. Thank the you know, thank God there was a stick laying there. So I just reached over and I ended up. I don't like killing snakes. I don't kill snakes, but I had to kill that one. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I had a another another funny one. I had uh, was out in Saint Genevieve actually. We were doing all kinds of work on a house, and you know, I went up in the attic and and we were going to get rid of all the insulation and reinsulate and do all this work. And, uh, oh man, there was a, there was a shed, you know, from a snake. I didn't see the snake, but I saw the shed. Um, and it was not small. (laughs) So here we're out to work on this, 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 this house. And there's like three Mosby guys out there and they're all like, drawing straws on like who goes in the attic because no one wants to be up there knowing that the snake shed was up there. (laughs) I'm like, well, if you find it, you know, you might, but it was, you know, it was a, it it wasn't copperhead or nothing. I thought it was, it was kind of funny, but yeah, (laughs) uh, no one likes to be around them. And so I want to get back to something real quick too, um, and kind of just get your your thoughts for for everybody on back to the bats a little bit um, because I'm one of them and a lot of people are kind of the same way with bats as snakes and things like that almost just like terrified don't want to be nowhere near it that sort of thing but you've got these bat homes that people get and you know we were looking looking at some of them and I've seen them in the backyard on a pole and you know the, the little bat houses with all the little holes and we saw some too that you could just like hang on the wall of your house, you know. And, and so we were just kind of curious about like, if you do that, is there a chance you'll start getting them in your house in your attic, or does that keep them a place to live and out of it? To me personally, I don't want one of them. I don't even want my neighbors to have one of them. Keep the bats kind of far away. But um, I'm probably wrong in my thought about that. But what's your opinion on bat houses and should you have one and all of that? Well, yeah, bat houses can be beneficial. Like I touched before earlier in the show, um, you know, bats eat a lot of insects. So if you, if you have them close to your house uh, with the bat boxes, that's uh, going to be just less insects you're going to have to deal with. Um, as far as attracting them and getting them into your home by doing that procedure, I don't I don't think that's yeah probably fact. not the case. Not the case. Yeah, sure. uh, as long as your house is tightened up. If the if it if your house is vulnerable for bats, it, 
probably already be there. Bats are everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go out in my front yard at night and it's, they're everywhere. And I, I've never had bats in my house, but they are everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, those boxes, I, I think they're very beneficial and it gives the bats a kind of another place to go too. Uh, bats are, you know, a lot of them are endangered. Um, a lot of bats have been dying here in the recent years. So we need to help support that population. Cause like I said, we've, we've got to yeah. have them. Well, or, now, or we'll be supporting the mosquito population if well, we don't, yeah, right? Exactly. And then <laughs> other parts of the country, I mean, they're actually pollinators. You know, we don't have, yeah. but some bats pollinate. So oh, that's, wow. that's a big thing, too. You need to keep that in mind. So, yeah, bats are bats are huge for us. They're just like the honeybees. we got to have them. So. Yeah, yeah. So another question I've got, you know, I know ants were really, really bad this year. And actually, you know, my whole thing was I was going outside to try and figure out where ants were coming from when I found my termite trails, you know, looking at my foundation and stuff and kind of redirected my focus. But our my producer here, Todd Bachman, was, you know, has a swimming pool and he's been getting a lot of ants in the swimming pool and, and dead, you know, at the bottom of the swimming pool and was just wondering, like, what what what's up with that? Do you have any idea on why that would be occurring out here in St. Louis? Well, when you you know, three things pop in my mind. Sometimes when you get an overabundance of water come down, the rain comes down three, three, four, five inches. A lot of times, a lot of ants are flooded out, especially around mm, yeah. those landscapes, and they're actually forced into the pool by a, just a by real, a rain by a heavy, heavy rain because your landscape and your pool deck is a great habitat for ants. Um, another factor too, it, you know, we got into that dry spell. I'm not sure when this happened, but we got back into that dry spell there for about ten weeks or so. Um, there's always a little bit of water around that pool. So um, ants get try to t- get a drink. Sometimes they'll actually fall in there or, uh, you know, they, they could be forced in there by, you know, kids jumping in or whatever. Yeah. So, and then a third factor, um, ants swarm like termites do. Oh, okay. um, so uh, yeah. male and female ants swarm to make another colony. So a lot of times around those pools, you get a mature colony, they're going to swarm. And I don't know if the ones he encountered had wings or not, but they will grow wings and swarm. And that's what happens around pools quite often, too. So uh, those are three wow. of the biggest factors for ants in a pool. So, wow. So I that's can think awesome. of anyway. Yeah, so. that's very interesting that I didn't realize they swarm like that, too. That's, yeah, they swarm. That's how when the colony gets mature, um, you know, they know they grow wings. Some of them grow wings. So they're secondary alates and they just swarm out and uh, make a new colony. All the males will die and the females live. Wow. So Sweet. So, all right, we're just about out of time, but I want to thank you for coming on today. This was a great conversation with all this wildlife stuff. That was so good. Um, one more time, uh, website, phone number, how can people get you? Yeah, website is holperspest.com. Um, you can call the office at 314-544-7378. All right. And, and again, you can get Mosby, 314-909-1800 or call Mosby. Com or walk into 115 West Argonne Drive, 63122. That's great. Hey, had a blast. I'll talk to everybody else next week. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.